You are now tuned into the Antidote Podcast with DJ Rathmatic and Paulie Dunn. Subscribe now and please consider leaving us a five-star review. Take the Antidote.
much more do you want from me? More. How much more successful do you want me to be? More successful. How many records can my records break? More records. But, but I'm the best. But are you a different animal and the same beast? What the f does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. What the f is he talking about? Yo, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Antidote Podcast. You are now listening to DJ Craftmatic and who else? Holly Dubs, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, share the Antidote Podcast. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Subscribe everywhere. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You hear all that, man. What a crazy weekend, and um, we definitely have a pretty somber, heavy episode to discuss, but also it's a celebration in this sense. Uh, it sucks that it has to be in this in this fashion, though. Um, so yesterday on Sunday, and that is uh, January, what was that, 23rd? 26th. 26th? Yeah, so the 26th. Man, I don't even know what day it is. That's how that's how messed up it is. Um, <laughs> so on the 26th, I know that we were, everybody, you know, Sunday, everybody's kind of at home doing their own thing. And I know I got a chat in our group chat, Polly, um, and I believe it was you who sent it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just hearing this crazy ass news that Kobe Bryant died. And I didn't want to believe this shit at all. Um, yeah. I still don't. So, I mean, the crazy part of it is on the 25th, there's a big celebration. Pretty much uh, LeBron and the Lakers are playing in Philly. And LeBron passes Kobe to become third in all-time NBA scoring leaders uh, yeah. in Philadelphia. The, you know, Kobe's hometown yep. in, a, in the sense where he... Where he first grew up, you know, after his family moved to America, he was based out of Philly. So right. uh, in that city, LeBron passes Kobe and, you know, he uh, he pays tribute to Kobe as well in that game. He, he wrote Mamba for Life on his sneakers and really paid tribute to what Kobe Bryant meant to him as a player, as an idol growing up and, and kind of how his game was kind of tailored after Kobe's um, even, yeah. you know, even down to, I'm taking my talents to South beach. That's Kobe said, I'm taking my talents to the NBA when he declared that he wasn't going to play uh, college basketball. So it's kind of crazy, you know, so the, the night before everyone's talking about Kobe getting passed up and, and the conversation kind of turns to where Kobe is and just sadly, tragically Sunday morning comes around and it just this news news breaks that Kobe Bryant died in a plane crash. And it's, really crazy because Kobe just always seemed like one of those invincible kind of dudes. Yeah. I saw somebody post that earlier that um, these are the guys that, uh, that you don't expect to die. You know what I mean? Like they, they're going to be around forever. Right. Um, and they're like impervious to it because they're real life heroes. Yeah. So like I've seen someone saying, you know, to growing up that he's like Superman to us. You know? Right. Um, and so that you know, it's just really kind of crazy. It's, it's kind of one of those moments where the world just kind of stops for a minute, um, and it's tragic. It's unparalleled. I was reading 
today that only three NBA MVPs have even died. So, oh, wow. So it makes you um, just kind of think like that, you know, the NBA hasn't even been around for that long, but it definitely is one of the, the few leagues, definitely the only American league where it's players become worldwide names. Right. Um, Household yeah. names. So yeah, Wilt Chamberlain and Moses Malone were the other two MVPs. Now Kobe Bryant, the, only the third MVP to die. So it's kind of unparalleled in that essence. Um, right. Kinda Most un- of the guys you think are going to make it to old age. I mean, you look at Bill Russell, right? Who seems like he's like a million years old. Larry Bird, Larry Bird. You know, all all the older uh, guys they're Kareem still around. Abdul Jabbar. Yeah, Kareem's still there. I mean, Magic Johnson is still around. Twenty eight years after he announced that he had AIDS. Right. You know, exactly. And you don't expect to hear anything like this, um, especially on a Sunday afternoon. Hopefully, you know, there's things always happening around the world, you know, but it it is very rare when it comes to, again, somebody of great stature at the highest level, um, you know, being kind of wiped off the face of the earth in in a matter of moments. And, uh, you know, I look at it from even just like musically as well, like, Prince and Mike, when they passed away, like that, that was the same kind of hit, you know, um, when Whitney right. died, that's the same kind of hit somebody at their, you know, the greatest, they're at the highest of levels and to just see them, you know, just be gone the next moment. It definitely does. And some people were like, well, you didn't know him or anything like that. You didn't have to know him. We knew him by watching his games and feeling how he was just like through Prince and in music and Michael in music, you didn't have to know who Michael Jackson was and you didn't know, you didn't have to know who Prince was personally. No, but, but they're you, a part of you your lived, life. Yeah. You live through them in the music, like the, your, their music resonated. And that's the same with sports fans and Kobe Bryant. doesn't matter what sport you're in. Uh, Kobe Bryant basically was a household name in every, in all of sports period. Yeah. And you look at the names, the biggest names, Michael Jordan, of course, Tiger Woods, Dale Earnhardt, you know, you hear those names and you know who they are. Um, yeah, and, and Kobe Bryant is one of the ones that just one name and you know who it is, Kobe, right? Like, right. That no one else comes into mind when you hear that word. Exactly. And his name, his parents <clears throat> just happened to see Kobe beef on the... <laughs> on the menu and that's how he got his name so yeah so let's talk about kobe Bryant a little bit he's the son of joe belly bean bryant who's kind of nba journeyman yeah jelly jelly bean jelly bean um kobe was born in italy his dad was playing in the euro league in italy in back in those days and um they moved to the u.s i think when kobe was like 12 or something like that maybe even a little bit younger but they moved to philly um and I don't know. The thing is too, like a guy like Kobe is you watch this guy grow up. Right. And kind of grow up along with him uh, in a sense. Right. Even if you're exactly. a different age, but you, you see him grow up because he first becomes famous. Like when he's 16, 15, 16, people start talking to him. He took Brandy to the prom. I remember that. That was back when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way back. And uh, declares for the, NBA uh, draft at age 17, his parents had to co-sign his contracts for him because he wasn't even 18 yet. And he becomes the youngest player ever to play in the NBA. Yeah. Barely 18 years old. Um, he's uh, got 18 years to two months and 11 days. 
Yeah, crazy. Get, got drafted by the Hornets. Somehow they trade for Vlade Divac. I don't understand how that happens, but it happens because Kobe was meant to be a Laker from the start. Whatever. Pretty much. Whatever stars aligned. I mean, Kobe ends up becoming the biggest star in Hollywood anyway. Right. Right. Because all the stars are coming to watch Kobe. Yeah. I mean, uh, all you, you basically just started, that's when you started to see everything come together as far as all the stars really. Um, of course, you know, Jack Nicholson was always in the front, but then you started to see more and more, uh, people like that buying season tickets and they're on the sidelines and you're seeing everybody. And he literally brought the Lakers. He helped the Lakers get back to stardom. Not only that, but in the amazing history that the Lakers have with basketball and all the great players that have played, he becomes the greatest Laker yeah. of all time. Yep. 2014, he passed um, Jerry West, or excuse me, 2010, not 2014. In 2010, he passed Jerry West as the all-time leading scorer for the Lakers um, at 25,192 points. And Kobe, Kobe has 25,208 points total. He's got two numbers retired. Two uh, numbers retired. And it's like when they broke down each number he wore for 10 years and like each number, if it was just player A and player B, like each of those dudes would be Hall of Famers. So he basically had two Hall of Fame careers. Yeah. What, what do you think? Is, what, where do you think he was better though? In the second half of his career or the first half of his career? Um, so... Obviously, he fell off a lot in the second half of his career. The last after he came back from the Achilles injury, he wasn't the same, and that's when I think he came to the realization that he wasn't the same. So, the the one thing about Kobe is he's he's a really complicated, complex kind of cat, right? Right. Um, And one thing that you can admire about him is that he had his flaws, but. At times he embraced his flaws and at times his flaws drove him to be better, but he was very self-aware of, of where he fell. So, you know, there is, he was being a dick in those first 10 years of his career and he wanted you to know that he was being a dick. And it seemed like, um, once his skills kind of faded away and, and he couldn't put up 30 points a game anymore and he couldn't play 30 minutes a game anymore. I think he understood that and he kind of looked at his career a little bit differently and then became more like realized that he had to become more of a teacher at that point. And I think also at at that point is probably, you know, once his kids are starting to grow up, he's realizing that he needs to transition into being a teacher instead of, you know, it doesn't matter how many hours he puts in it in the gym at this point, he's not going to be able to play 30 minutes a game or, yeah, or play to that competitive level that, that he expected out of himself. So he kind of, that's when everybody started loving Kobe. Yeah. And you know, you're right. It was a volatile shift though. Definitely. You know, his first 10 years, it'd be hard for me to say too, but um, I think in early in his career, he was, he was very hungry to be the next Jordan. Like you could see it in his game. Yeah. And he always said that he wanted to be the next Michael Jordan like that. Yeah. That was his role model. That was his guy, his idol. Yeah. His idol. And he wanted to be Jordan and be better than Jordan. Right. 
So in his first 10 years, I know he spent a lot of time trying to prove that. Um, once they went on the three-peat with Shaq, um, I, I think that's when he kind of stepped into that. The thing was for me is I, I will say the second half of his career when he won the back-to-back championships without Shaq. And yeah, he had some he had some great, great pieces with him. But, you know, Pau Gasol was an all-star one of those years. He had Lamar Odom that, that uh, I think both times, you know, Ron Artest. Uh, Meta World pieces on those mm-hmm. teams. So he had some pieces, but um, I felt like he had to do a lot more, uh, especially especially against that talented Orlando team. Um, you know, I thought Orlando was the better team. They had definitely the the better of the the younger half of what I would say those guys were. Those guys were also all-stars. You know, you had Dwight Howard at the time and um, – Rashard Lewis, you know, one of the deadliest three-point shooters in NBA history at the time. And, you know, all those guys on that team. And I felt like he, he battled, like he battled and he won it and he, he put his foot down and he put his, his, he showed his ass for real, like during that time. (laughs) Yeah, oh, for sure. I think he always did. And I think the one thing he uh, modeled his game most of uh, of Michael Jordan is kind of the approach to the game. The, right, I'm the mentality. Work, I'm going to work harder than everybody to not lose. Correct. The mentality piece was really big, like very cerebral. Um, he, he made you feel as if you weren't good enough to be on the court. And he would do it all the time. I was reading one, they were talking, um, um, I believe it was, I think they said it was Lou Williams, but it might've been, I don't remember who it was specifically, but they said somebody, um, they were talking to each other. It was one of his teammates. And he said, uh, I remember one game, they were getting blown out by Portland. And at the end of the game, he took their Kobe's and said, y'all aren't good enough to wear these anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Like, but that was his, that's his mentality. Like, we're winners. We're going to grind harder and we're going to play better and we don't get blown out. You can lose a game, but we're not going to, we're not going to get blown out. You know, Um, but that was his mentality. And of course, Jordan was the same. He was like, we're not losing. And if we're going to lose, it's going to be close. Um, It's not going to be something that, you know, we get whooped out. And um, I remember Kobe was really rough, man. Do you remember how he got rid of Dwight Howard the first time when he was there? He got rid of Shaq. He got rid of Shaq. He got rid of Shaq. Um, he made Kwame Brown break down. He bust him down, you know, after Jordan drafted him and busted his ass. He did the same thing and said, you're not good enough to be on this team. Yeah, man. He did it to Andrew Bynum. Um, yep. <laughs> like, but the thing is, you know, Kobe was the hardest worker and he was driven to win. Not everyone's driven to win. Um, right. And I, the, I think the the good, the cool thing about the Shaq and Kobe dynamic is kind of the opposites that they were, because Kobe, like, is the hardest worker, and Shaq is the most carefree kind of dude that there is, right? Yeah, polar opposites. You you needed Phil Jackson to make that dynamic work. Oh, absolutely. Um, um they were de- they were definitely night and day comparisons of each other. Um, both, but both had egos though, too. So that was kind of the, even the harder part because yeah, he definitely. knew how, he knew how dominant he was. Um, Shaq, at least in, in his dating, he's like, you know, I'm coming here and I already know I'm dominant. Um, you know, he didn't necessarily have to say I'm, I'm the number one guy, but he kind of put his foot down out there. And that's why I was saying about this, you know, his first half of the career is he had Shaq. Shaq was literally the most dominant force out there. Um, yeah, for sure. But he did, it, of course, Kobe did have his moments. He was still great during that time. But damn, when you had somebody as dominant as Shaq, 
that really helps you um, to propel yourself. But anyways, yeah, like you were saying, they're definitely just polar opposites and uh, Phil, Phil somehow made it work. Uh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, in the end, they're kind of like had a brotherly relationship. They, they hated each other. They wrote rap songs about each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they loved each other though. And they always, when it came down to it, they always supported each other. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of the classic duos of NBA history. Obviously, they won a three-peat. Yeah, absolutely. Went on a run that was definitely rivaled as one of the best runs, especially during the um, the transformation of the NBA, because that's when I think the game started changing a lot, was right around that uh, 2000s time. Um, and and yeah. started to see a bunch of different things happening in the league. The players got faster. They got a little bit more athletic. Um, and it kind of begins the globalization of the game, right? Right. You got Dirk. We started Nowitzki. seeing more. Yeah, we started seeing more. Which Dirk was drafted the same year, but that, but he really came into his own. Steve Nash came into his own. You know, beating beating actually Kobe uh, tw- twice out of three years. And at, yeah, <laughs> man. MVP. And, and at the same time, Kobe's like the perfect ambassador for the game as it's becoming global, right? Because Absolutely. Because he represents America, even though he's really not American, so the other cultures can accept him. Uh, he speaks three languages fluently, Spanish, Italian, and English. Yep. So he can spread out that way. He learns to speak Chinese. Um, yep. Even a couple of weeks ago when the Lakers were playing the Mavericks. Yeah, Luca. Uh, yeah, Luca said, look, Kobe was sitting courtside and Kobe called Luca over and they asked Luca, what did Kobe say? And he said, Kobe was talking shit to me in Serbian. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dope, dude. So dope. Because like, it's like you see, you hear that and you're like, Exa- that's exactly what Kobe would do. He, It's exactly what he would do. <laughs> He's already like doing shit to two players off the court. <laughs> they mm-hmm. don't even play for him. <laughs> they yeah. don't even play for him anymore. <laughs> and And... Kobe obviously too with is without controversy. Um, he was charged with sexual assault in 2003. Charges yeah. were dismissed. There was a settlement where he pretty much kind of admitted guilt. Um, Even though he never admitted guilt, but once you go into the settlement, hey, yeah. I buy rings like Kobe wife. Yeah, <laughs> bro. When, when, when you, <laughs> I remember when you that pay, press when conference. you pay it off, that's what happens. So yeah. So but but um, he also snitched on Shaq during that stuff too. Yeah, so, I am in trouble with Shawnee. That, I think that's kind of where the the relationship started to sour a little bit. When really his, soured, when, yeah. When his name was brought up to the police by Kobe. Yeah. But um, but f- from that, you do kind of see him grow. I mean, n- none of us want to be judged by mis- the biggest mistake we made in our 20s. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would say he definitely had, had redeemed himself. Uh, with his hard work and kind of staying out of any kind of controversy like that after that. Yeah. I mean, and we'll talk about a little bit of Kobe, like the philanthropist and, Mm -hmm. you know, the person that he was, Um, you know, we, we saw that he went through this very rough patch, this very hard time of, yeah, he's, he's getting called out and he's got these sexual assault charges and things like that. And he took that and actually, kind of reformed himself. But later on, but at first though, he really embraced being the villain at that time. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember every time he would come to Denver and he played in in the Nuggets, Mm -hmm. 
and they would boo the shit out of him from the, I mean, the loudest boos ever, every time he touched the ball. And they still did that probably for another, I don't know, six, seven years. Like even way after yeah. it, they were still booing him. Um, and they he were still, still went booing. off on him. Yeah. He was still going off. He was still scoring. He was killing them, especially during that time. Um, you know, he, he definitely, like you said, embraced the villain part of it. And that's when a lot of people hated Kobe. Like a lot of people definitely hated him. And even still now, like people will talk about it now. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, we look at especially him and uh, we'll talk about some of his accolades off the court and things like that. But, you know, when he won his uh, Academy Award for yeah. his film, all his allegations came back up and people were, you know, definitely in this Me Too era right now. Um, all those things came back up and people were, you know, cancel culture. Oh, we're canceling Kobe Bryant, things like that. Or we don't fuck with Kobe because of these situations. But um, d- ultimately he wasn't charged. Charges were dropped. There was a settlement. We don't know what what actually happened because she didn't testify. Um, but at the end of the day, he has to live with that and he has to own up with that. And he did own it. He, he didn't say that didn't something didn't happen. He just didn't say in the way that it was understood or at that time. And so he embraced the villainy and then he grew from that and, and really tried to put a focus on taking care of his family as daughters and really trying to actually help the women's game. And, and, and really, I feel like he turned that into philanthropy and a lot of, especially black men, they don't get that same choice or they don't get that same benefit of the doubt of change feelings. Uh, or, yeah. or things like that, because we could talk about somebody like Ryan Seacrest who got into some shit and he had some sexual assault allegations against him and he's still hosting. He's, he's on TV right now with Kelly Ripa every single right. morning. Um, so when you look at it from different perspectives, while he did have some shit on it against his record, he definitely cleaned his life up. And just like you said, he had no issues after that. No. Um, and he lived in LA, which is tabloid country. Like if he was into some shit, you'd be reading about him being into some shit. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm, and he almost got a divorce, you know, his wife almost divorced him in 2011 and they reconciled and they continued. Um, and ever since then, even then you haven't heard anything about Kobe Bryant. You haven't no, heard and, anything but great things. And uh, another part of the tragedy is uh, most recently, everywhere you would see him, he was with his daughter, Gianna. Like, yes, um, that's were, probably the hardest part for me so, in this whole thing. Who also passed away in the tragic accident. Um, and she, I mean, even just like a month ago, there was a meme where Cody's kind of breaking down some plays in the game that they were watching. It was the, yeah. they were watching the Nets and the Hawks and he's breaking down plays for her. And um. She was a teacher of the game. Yeah. She was always passionate about the game with him. And so I think that's kind of where him becoming a teacher kind of started coming into it. And it started, I think first with his um, muse documentary that he had made for Showtime. Yeah. Right before his last season. Yeah. And that actually launched in China first. He, uh, he did that with China first. So that's actually pretty dope. Um, Cause they were, uh, I read about that just not before we got on here and he, you know, worked with the Chinese to come up with that, to help them push like a, like a social media kind of thing. And yep. um, that helped really broaden the horizon for him as well. And I remember that the, 
the Muse film had a, had a lot of like Chinese things in it. So that 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 turned out actually pretty dope. And uh, even then, he he's he started making like the Mamba Academy. So and then he made the the Mamba's team in 2017, working with the Boys and Girls Club, um, and kind of created like his own league or teams uh, that they could all play in, and had his his own team. And uh, sadly, one of the the coach of that team also passed away. Um, so RIP to everybody else who also was impacted. But you you started to see like how much he loved the game. And then as you just said, kind of like teaching, he took a lot of, a lot of players under his wing in the last couple of years to really try to help them grow as athletes and, um, and also grow their portfolio. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, Kobe, the kind of like the philanthropist and um, the guy who turned everything around and beginning to also be a businessman. We can can cover all of that. Um, Kobe, Kobe was very multifaceted and that's what people got to understand about these guys is man, they're not just athletes. They're very, they're businessmen. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was worth about $600 million. Kobe Bryant. Um, I mean, he's in LA, so he's got connections. He's, he's got, you know, everybody in his, directory, but he was a venture capitalist. He had a, I think a $2 billion hedge fund. Yeah. $2 billion companies. Um, helped, helped some people get out of some bad deals and, uh, you know, help move some things around. The big one was, uh, Dell and, uh, Alibaba. So that was a big one. Uh, body armor, body armor. He put in a 10% stake, um, way back in the day and saw that grow. Yep. Key innovator. Only drink he started using on the sidelines. Like he didn't drink a Gatorade anymore. It wasn't like he had to do any of those. He got the body armor. Um, so he put that into play and he really made it happen that way as well. Um, started so many foundations. He has his own foundation, the Kobe Bryant foundation. He the started Kobe Bryant, Vanessa Bryant foundation. Yep. Um, then they also have, he has the Vivo foundation, which was like, uh, it helped kids in inner cities. Um, so he had that foundation as well as a couple others that he was just, you know, doing a lot of things with kids. And like I was just talking about was creating the Mamba Academy, um, which is like a sports facility and learning, learning facility and best trainers, you know, get your kid up to speed kind of thing. Um, make them the, the next big thing and teach them the mom, the mamba mentality. Um, and then actually, you know, taking the black mamba and creating something, you know, his shoe, the Kobe's was like the next big shoe, especially after Jordan, Jordan had all his own shoes, but I remember those ugly ass Adidas that he was rocking, not the crazy eights, but the one that they made for him that looked like a, a moon rock space. Oh, yeah. Those ugly ass shoes, the man. They're st- Oh my God. Yes. They were the most hideous looking shoe I've ever seen. <laughs> that was fro Kobe, you know? So, but he, he, he re-imaged himself. And in the two thousands, he signed with, with Nike and he really took that and, and grew with it. You know, the Kobe's, the Kobe shoes is one of the highest selling shoes that Nike has. They're hella expensive and I've always wanted some, but I can never buy them because they were so damn expensive. Uh, he really took that, but he took that Mamba mentality that he took the Mamba part of it and, and really grew that. Yeah. And the, that the Mamba part is so, you know, kind of earlier I was talking about how he's one of the few dudes that just one name, you know who it is, right? Like share, you know, who share, you know, you get an image in your mind, Kobe, you get an image in your mind. Yeah. Um, and then, so he's already has that kind of a, a, a worldwide 
celebrity around him. And then also since it's Kobe, he gives himself a, his own nickname, the Black right. Mamba. Right. Like who the fuck else gives themselves their own nickname? <laughs> but he picks out, the right? he put he picks the dopest one those because you know if you know what what the black mamba is everybody's seen kill bill so you know what the mm-hmm. damn mamba does it's the fastest and the fastest snake. most potent snake out there one little teensy bit can kill a whole herd of elephants you know kind of deal and that's what he was he was he was always he was just a killer out there he just had the killer mentality um that's what everybody knocks lebron on is he don't have that Mamba mentality, that killer mentality. They love Kyrie because he has that in-the-game killer killer mentality. Um, he really took that and, and made it a thing. So now you can't – you only can synonymously attach the name Black Mamba to Kobe, like even though that is a real animal on the planet. <laughs> when you hear Black Mamba, you don't think of the actual snake. You think of Kobe Bryant first. Yeah. Um, exactly. That's that's how real big he, he, he took that and, and made it an actual global market. Yeah. And that, that kind of is at, at the point in his career too, where he's kind of starting to reflect on it and starting to share his secret of, to success is bust your ass. You know, th- there is no adversity. E- every obstacle can be overcome. And if you bust your ass, you'll be a champion. Yeah, man. And um, <clears throat> I think that was the, I think that was the, one of the biggest parts of his legacy was, um, how how much you grind and that mentality goes into your everyday life and he used that for himself and business and everything else um and teaching his daughters that hey i'm gonna be you know we're we're gonna be the greatest and this is why because we're gonna outwork everybody else we're gonna hustle everybody else and have that thought process of hey we're gonna we're gonna crush this um and not too many people have that i mean some people go into it with just happiness of, you know, I get to play and make people better and all that good stuff. Uh, Kobe just wanted to be the best. And he went out and lived and proved it every single day by, by being in the gym. He'd be the first person in the gym and the last person out the gym. Um, and he would go in there and battle guys and, and make guys feel, feel bad, I guess, because it was just part of his, it was just part of what he did. Like, yo, you guys are NBA players. Step the fuck up, you know. Like, yeah, he didn't. He didn't take that shit from anybody. And but he's like even more driven than an NBA player. So he, and he doesn't understand why everyone else doesn't work at the level that he does. But right, it's such a rare trait that you only see once a generation. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is pretty close to that right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I say Jimmy Butler. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't have the talent necessarily of a Jordan or a Kobe Bryant. Right. I think he could get there. <laughs> he probably can, uh, but he definitely has that same drive, that same work ethic and that same, like he can't understand why no one else is, is wired that way. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, why aren't you wired this way? Why don't you work as hard as, as the, as, as I do out on the court? Yeah. But the crazy part of it though, is like, kind of Mike and Jimmy Butler, their work ethic and their, you know, they worked harder than anybody else because they had to, it came out of a struggle. Kobe Bryant didn't have that. He, I guess kind of, you know, I guess moving around from country to country, being an outsider in Italy and then moving to the United States as a young age, as as an outsider is probably what kind of drove that in him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, 
he didn't have to work harder than if he, if he worked half as hard as anybody else, he still would have been pretty dope, probably a hall of famer as well. But just the fact that he still was able to work that hard, even though he didn't have to. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't, I think he, he, and it wasn't that he didn't necessarily have to, I think he always, he always wanted to be like as good or if not better than his pops, but then also watching, you know, Michael Jordan and things like that. I think he just had the internal, the internal, you know, switch that says, you know, I just want to be the greatest. And sometimes that's all the motivation that you need. Um, also had a big falling out with his pops. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh, I do. His mom was, too. They were selling, they were auctioning off like memorabilia. Their memorabilia. Yep. Yep. And selling it. But luckily like some dude in China bought it all and just gave it to Kobe. Yeah. Was how it turned out luckily, but uh, yeah, he stopped talking to his parents completely. I think they were upset with him too for marrying a uh, Hispanic woman during the yeah. time is, is stuff that I'd heard. So um, just crazy, man. Yeah, it, it's it's just a wild thing to think about. And I mean, even the more accolades that he gets, like again, winning a, a Golden Globe. Um, Oscar. Or there was it an Oscar? Yeah, he won an Oscar. Oscar, yeah, my bad. That's like Golden Globe. He won the Oscar for, for his um, the animated one. Uh, yeah, his animated his deer basketball, deer basketball. His and to the game. Yeah, and he actually won that. And again, a lot of controversy came up because of the because of the fact that he that he did win it and things like that. And um, but they were like, well, why does everybody else get a shot and he doesn't? Like, why can't we look at people in the same light? And so that, that I think it was well deserved and. It also just, again, kind of showed what he was and what he meant to the game and what he meant to people in general. Because when do you ever hear an athlete? He was the first athlete ever to win something like that, um, to do something like that and then actually win it. Um, you know, he was nominated one time and wins it. And that's just yeah. that's just great to see. Exactly. And it's uh, that movie, the little animated short movie about the poem he wrote when he announced his retirement. Uh, basically talking about his love of the game of basketball and how it, how when he was 13 years old, he made a decision that he was going to devote his life to basketball and be the best at it in the world, um, which he accomplished. He also spent 20 years with the Lakers. I believe that's an NBA record for most years with one team. Yeah. Just tremendous. Yep. Spent all that time with one team. Um, and then, you know, you know, what was dope about that, that film though, too, is like, he did that with his own studios of Granity Studios and he dropped it under his own studio. So they all won that because of, you know, because of that. So (laughs) his own studio, he goes and produces it. He gets it all made from his team. And then they turn that into an Academy Award. Um, that's pretty dope. That, yeah, that's really dope. Uh, and uh, also in his kind of in his retirement, he kind of stepped away from the game for a while. You didn't really hear anything from him for like a year or two. And then he dropped the, the detail series, which kind of leads to him becoming a mentor to, to a bunch of players. Uh, the detail series is on ESPN Plus, and it's basically like Kobe sitting down in this room that looks like the Batcave with just a bunch of badass computer screens and he's just breaking down film for you for like 10 to 15 minutes. Right. Uh, usually and he breaks down film on everybody, like all the great players. 
Uh, yeah, and the, it, up and comers. What was awesome too is the first one that they put up was one against. It was him against the Nuggets in the playoffs. Yeah, and him and Melo, and he's just breaking down every mistake the Nuggets are making de- defensively, and how he realizes it, and then how he just kills them. How he goes after it. Yeah, it's just amazing, and it makes you realize that probably from a basketball IQ standpoint even to like an off the court kind of intelligence level, he had to have been one of the smartest players ever. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh Um, But especially from a basketball IQ level, he might be the goat. Oh, absolutely. Besides maybe LeBron from a basketball IQ level, but I don't know how many of the stories of LeBron having a photographic memory are actually true or in how much of it is a myth, but you can watch detail and see Kobe breaking down the film and really understand that he sees the game a little bit differently than everybody else does. Absolutely. He does. He does see the game completely different, um, much more differently than, than a lot of the, the players could ever even look at the game. And that's what makes him so great. um, And so cerebral is because of everything that he did to study the game. He became a studier, just like Peyton Manning, you know, doing his detail and things like that. Like when you, Put, put guys up on uh, that level, that, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing that kind of same thing is, you know, Kobe at the highest level breaking down everything that he sees out there. And, man, he, he, he's, he's done a lot to try to help the game learn and help them understand, especially these new players, understand how he studied the game so then he could be – so they could pretty much be as great or if not even better at some point in their careers. Yeah, and, and um, some people like Kyrie Irving, um, like after Kobe broke him down on detail, he reached out to Kobe and Kobe became kind of his mentor doing a lot of one-on-one work with Kyrie. Yep. They He's done that with a lot of people just recently before this year started. They did the the Mamba camp, you know, where Jamal Murray was there. Um, was it Zach Levine? Uh, Brandon Tatum? Or is it Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum from yeah. from the Celtics and Ben Simmons. Yeah, uh, all those guys are are working in the gym with Kobe, learning to get that Mamba mentality. Like they definitely were working at that point, and that's what that and that's the leader that we talk about. Like I'm sure he wasn't as hard like he used to be um, on some of those guys, but he was definitely you know showing them like, hey you can do this way better. Stop being lazy. Like do, do this right. We can do this correctly. You know, and he's showing them everything and and really just teaching them the habits of being a great player. And that's, that's invaluable, invaluable by itself. Um, All those players probably got better um, just from that. I mean, sometimes you can't really see (laughs) the ones, the ones I'm seeing out there, you know, Jamal Murray's to me, he's kind of taking a step back this year a little bit right now, but he's been hurt too. Um, Ben Simmons, he's been looking good while Embiid is out, Um, you know, but those guys will be, they'll, they'll still continue to use that for forever. Um, Yeah. Um, And then I think also on the other end too, is he was really using the detail series to really further the women's game. And I, I think that probably came a lot from his daughter's passion towards basketball. So yeah, his, his daughter's passion was just as, as, as much as his. Yeah. And so the, you know, they went to a, a bunch of WNBA games together. Um, 
I've seen this girl from, do you see the girl in Oregon? What is her name? No, I didn't see uh, Sabrina Ionescu. Mm. She's an Oregon women basketball player. She's a sophomore this year. Okay. And Kobe was working with her like three or four times a week. Oh, dope. Okay. Uh, she He had her on a detail series and he was just working with her. Like he was just personally privately coaching her because his daughter became like good friends with her. Right. So he was mentoring this girl who uh, they're saying she'll be the number one pick in the WNBA draft next year. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, he's personally working with this girl to, to mentor her. And um, they were him and uh, Gigi were at a bunch of different WNBA games. So he was really working. I think that's probably what was going to be his next step, probably to, to own a WNBA team or something like that. Yeah. Or coach one of the other. Yeah. For sure, because I mean, uh, even seeing Diana Tarazi speaking today, mm-hmm. um, she got very emotional because Kobe really had a big impact on her, and she she kind of took that same mentality. He worked with her way back way back when too, and they built a close relationship. And she really did take on that Mamba mentality. Diana Tarazi was dominant yeah. yep. um, in her earlier stage of her career. Um, actually, most of her career, she was pretty dominant. So. You know, she she used that same killer instinct. She was that same kind of killer, that same kind of scorer that Kobe was in the NBA. So was she in the WNBA. Um, definitely top three greatest players in the WNBA easily. And um, yeah, if not even the greatest, she might even be the, the greatest. Um, we'll yeah. see once like Della Don, you know, Della Don kind of retires and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he, he made an impact so, so much so that... It literally, it didn't matter in any game. I even seen today just had people on post on my Facebook, you know, their middle school sports and everything like that. Everybody did the eight and 24, you know, a 24 second violation in the eight second um, backcourt. Yeah. Um, just just to show respect for for Kobe. Um, and, and then just he he, he affected the overall the overall game itself. And he get, he was infectious. So in in a good way. He helped infect the game to inject so much more life into the NBA. Um, he's definitely one of the most, like you said, uh, volatile, but probably the second most impactful player ever that we've ever seen in the NBA. Um, of course, Easily. everybody knows Michael Jordan, um, but and his name is the biggest, but his is right under there synonymously. Um, it's It's pretty much right there with him. Um, and they were mirroring images of each other. You know, he wanted to be that. And, and Michael actually posted today and said, you know, he was like a little brother to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I'm sure he tried to spend a lot of time trying to learn from him and actually playing against him and watching his film and then watching his own film and seeing how he can be better and better. I think that's uh, that's something that that just transcended the game. And literally all the sports world is just shook up by it. There's literally reactions from everybody, from whoever. Everybody's commenting on Kobe because he made that much of an impact in the world. Yeah, a tremendous loss. One of the probably saddest sports stories ever. Of oh, all yeah. Time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, Dale, Dale Earnhardt Sr. Yeah. dying in a crash. That was pretty sad. Um, this one's pretty sad as well. 
You know, when you hear about all the stories, this would probably be the sad, the saddest basketball one for sure. Um, you know, just to, just to see a life kind of still beginning, you know, at 41 years old, he's still kind of beginning. There's a, there's a lot of, there was a lot of life left in him to be able to give to the game. And I think he would have done that, you know, he'd have been running a team in some facet, just like you said, either WNBA or even NBA. I could see him being a coach, you know, when he was getting closer to 50 and things like that. Um, I could see him being an owner at one point to just to yeah, try owner. to win more than win a ring before Mike as an owner. Or yeah, right. <laughs> or even like a GM of some sort, kind of like he, a Jerry I mean, West. I mean, he got that Oscar, and Mike immediately agreed to a documentary that like quick. <laughs> Always after trying not to, talking after not trying to talk for thirty years. <laughs> trying trying to level up. <laughs> you know? But uh, our thoughts and prayers go to the Bryant family, to anybody that's been impacted by this loss, uh, and then in the tragic accident. Yeah. And let's, and all I got to say too, is, you know, let's, let's try to celebrate them instead of always trying to think, find the negatives. There's a lot of people on the other side of it who are trying to point out a lot of the negatives about Kobe. Like I said, man, don't, don't judge somebody by mistakes they made when they were 20. Right. I mean, like the, yeah, it's a horrible, uh, horrible thing he was charged with, but I believe he redeemed himself. Um, I think that in, at the end of the day, you know, he stood as a family man in his when he was a wise older man. Right. Well, nobody's perfect at that. You know, um, everybody does does some bad things in their life. And most people who say that they, you know, had don't or haven't um, you be a damn lie. Um just because that's not, that's not for real. <laughs> Everybody has their own, you know, deep, dark secrets and things like that, but it depends on how to be the bigger man. It depends on how you, you know, how you deal with that adversity. Do you learn right. from it? Do you grow from it? Do you learn from your mistakes or do you keep making them? I think that's, I mean, ultimately every, every man is flawed and every person makes mistakes, but yeah. Absolutely. But what made him the bigger man of it, it was that he, he grew, um, and he was able to impact many lives. You see many people upset. I'm watching some film right now of people pulled up at Staples center and how much, uh, things were put out in front of Staples center and just how many people were impacted. There was thousands and thousands of thousands of fans, you know, who were all there, who were all upset, um, because of the impact that he made to the game. Kobe was so big so that the NFL... Gotta give that man his credit, regardless of how you feel. Yeah, man. I was just going to say, Kobe was so big that the NFL couldn't even have teams in L.A. at the time that Kobe was playing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because they couldn't handle the competition. (laughs) They had the L.A. Kings, and they were the only other ones who were trying to actually do something at the time. Dodgers always... Oh, Dodgers too, yeah. But um, most recently, they've been successful making a couple world series trips and losing but yeah man we lost a real one um and that's the, yeah a real one that's i mean kobe was always real at least right yeah absolutely he never, he never ran from what he was and never hid from it you know from being a a, a kid coming into the game to becoming a little kind of arrogant kind of dude there for a while to kind of becoming wise in his old age and and learning that he knew a lot and needed to to share what he knew. 
Absolutely. And he shared it. He shared it with everybody. Um, you know, he, he did everything that he could to, to become, you know, the best of the best. And, uh, I think he accomplished that man. And that that's what he wanted to do. And he impacted the game so much. Um, and as he, as he said on his last tweet to LeBron James, continuing to move the game forward, um, that's what Kobe did as well. He, he continued to push the game forward and, uh, you know, he made a big impact uh, over the time. You know, five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, uh, league MVP in 2008, 18-time NBA All-Star, fourth-leading scorer in NBA, in NBA history. And like you said, wore two numbers, retired them 10 years and 10 years, um, and got rings on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He got rings during both eras, man. Hey, and um, he, whenever they asked him how many rings he had, he said one more than Shaq. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> <laughs> so I know he was, I know deep down he was probably sad he didn't get the six or the seven to, to be like Mike or to beat him, but he had one more than Shaq. And that's, that's what we're <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> uh, can, you know, condolences, even though we talked about a lot about Kobe on this episode, um, of course, just sharing the life of Kobe. We want to send our condolences also to all the others who did perish in this as well. Um, you know, our condolences to Vanessa Bryant and um, Bianca and, and uh, his other daughter that he just recently had. Um, yeah. Newborn, and, newborn baby. Yeah. You know, um, I want to send condolences out to them as well as the Albert's Holy family uh, with the three the mom, dad, man, they had two, they had two more kids at home that I'd learned yesterday too. Yeah. The one of them's a scout for the Red Sox. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, life is short, man. I think, I think a lot of people got shook up by this one and, um, you know, the, even some of the artists, I, I know 50 Cent even said, you know, I'm not going to argue with nobody no more. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, till, till Friday. Yeah, exactly. Hell will freeze over before he's not arguing with somebody on Twitter or Instagram. Um, you know, Gilbert Arena said, you know, I got to change my life up. Um, it sucks that it even takes a loss. It was just like when Nipsey passed. Um, it, it, it takes a loss for people to start learning sometimes. And I mean, that's, I guess some, some silver lining that you can see at some point, but um, it shouldn't take that, you know, live life to its fullest every day, but do it the right way. Um, yeah. And yeah. It could all be taken away in a second, man. You don't exactly. Know, even if you got 600 mil in the bank and the world at your fingertips, man, it could all be gone like that. So exactly. You can't buy that and do it. You can't buy death unless you're Magic Johnson. Um, you, you can't buy off death, but you know there there <laughs> there is some points of that where you just got to take every day as uh, as a blessing that you get to wake up. So um, yeah, man, and, and take it as a blessing that you came home from work today or from exactly. Wherever, I know man. I did. I gave my daughter a big ass hug today. I gave my wife That's a kiss, and I said I'm I'm glad to come home every single day and, and be be able to say I made it home safe. That's a ble- That's the probably the most underrated blessing that we have. It is facts. So yeah, rest in peace, Mamba. Uh, thank you peace. for all the shit that you gave us for the last twenty plus years of just great basketball, but also just, uh, you know, growing up with us. I know growing up with me, 1996, man, I was eight years old. <laughs> um, so the, or maybe I was like 10, somewhere around there, whatever. Um, 
you know, getting to be able to see that is, was great. So, um, being able to grow up with him and send in, but man, I loved to hate Kobe when I was younger. I did. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> me too. That's why I had to bring up, you know, that I hated him, man, until I, until I saw the whole thing and I loved it. Exactly. When you see the overall body of work, um, and we hated it because we hated it because he was so dope. That's why. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I hated it because he wanted to be like Jordan, and he was so good. Um, yeah, and he same he like Tim been. Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, man. That that's been another episode of the Dope Podcast. Again, RIP to Mamba. Um, like, share, subscribe. Leave your thoughts. Share your fondest memory of uh kobe yeah matter of fact before we roll out on this one tell me tell me one of your fondest memories of watching a kobe game uh my fondest memory of watching a kobe game yeah it's got to be when he dropped the 81 the 81 yeah on the raptors yeah Um, that was one of the coldest game that was my senior year in high school so i love that shit it was just that run too because like three weeks before that he had 66 or something like that through through three quarters but the lakers were winning by 40 so he didn't even play in the fourth quarter yeah and that pissed me off because i like i really wanted him to to see i wanted to see if he how close he could get to 100 and then like three or four weeks later i think it was even like on a on a sunday night he just puts up 81 on the fucking Raptors. I think he took 45 or something shots, but yeah, but that was that streak though. That was that streak too, though, that he was, um, that he scored like 50 straight. He scored like 50 points, three games in a row or something like that. Yeah. Like it was, it was something. Yeah. yeah. The run was stupid. Crazy. I think so, he had yeah. 60, 60 points in like four or something games in a row. Yep. Dude was, dude was going crazy. And then Harden just recently beat that. That was a, that was a great one. Um, I think for me, it might have to be the game that, uh, him and Melo went back and forth, that, uh, that the West coast. Game? Yeah. The, the West Western conference finals. I think that was game one, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, they were going back and forth like Melo, Melo had 39 and I think Kobe had 40. So they were like going back and forth, back and forth the whole entire game. Um, there was points where. Kobe was locked down on Melo and he was actually kind of shutting him down, but then he started cooking. He just got, he started getting his game. His game just started cooking, man. I don't know what it was. Melo just really got hot. Um, and then, yeah, just this, his last game, you know, being able to pull it out at the last minute. I think that was a great one as well, watching that. Um, Cause that's when I had much of a more profound respect for Kobe was at that time. And, uh, yeah, and it just was watching like, it tonight. And and also yeah, that last game also really stood out to me because we were cheering Kobe on for everything we hated him for. Right. Before, you know what I mean? Like basically just taking every shot, even if it's stupid. Um, yeah. just really trying to get <laughs> really trying to go out with a bang. Exactly. He huge. even said it in the interview at the end of the game. He said, you know, all these years they told me to pass the ball and tonight was the only night they told me to just keep the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, man. I was just like, yeah, pretty much everybody was like, damn, you a ball hog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we always thought of him. That's why, you know, it, nowadays everyone tries to talk about LeBron or Mike, who's better, but that conversation 10 years ago was, was Kobe or Mike. And, Pretty much, us Mike supporters weren't having none of that. 
Hell no. <laughs> and, and we're still not. I mean, it, it but it's it's one A and one B kinda, you know? Like <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, Jordan's kind of the clear cut one, but um I think the NBA though has always kind of got one guy that runs the era. Yeah. And, and it's undisputed who that guy is during Yeah, generationally. Era. Yep. Um, you know, it goes back to Wilt Chamberlain then passing the torch to Bill Russell to Magic Johnson and Larry Bird running the the late seventies and early eighties to Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant to now LeBron James. And then it's kind of open where it's going to go next, but I got a couple ideas. Um, but obviously Kobe, one of the top two NBA players of all time. I will always say that. Absolutely. You got to put him up there. And as much as a LeBron fan as I am, um, I always say this, like LeBron may be the greatest basketball player, but when it comes to stats, you, know, you feel everything of the sheet. He literally filled everything. But then you got just the goats. And Mike definitely is the goat. Like he's the greatest of all time. And I don't know. Kobe's like greatest of all time too, you know? <laughs> like yeah. and I think greatest of all time B, you know? I think like what's it's different really about see. them and LeBron, Mike and Kobe is that they weren't as athletically gifted. No, as, as LeBron, they weren't never the fastest player. They were never the the highest jumping player, but they right. were the smartest basketball player, and probably the most hardest working cerebral yes. players. I think, and that's that's the separation. That's what everybody talks about is the is the separation of you know the the mentality. And you can't um, knock on LeBron for having that talent because if Kobe and Mike were born as athletically gifted and built for the game of basketball as LeBron was, they wouldn't have to have been working as hard. Probably not. You know what I mean? Like LeBron yeah. doesn't have to work as hard, but he's also got a completely different approach in game to than those dudes had. For sure. He approaches the game totally different. Um, but man, a, a great father. Um, great, great man to a lot of people. A great ambassador of the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, the NBA in general, globally, what he did for the game, uh, bar none, definitely up there, um, un- unparalleled. And to see him gone in this fashion is still shocking. But uh, you know, respects to respects to all of them and everybody affected in this in this situation and. Uh, all we can do is continue to keep living and living in the best light that we can and just know that not, to, you know, tomorrow's not a given. So nah, just so live, so live, live it, it up. And attack it with that Mamba mentality and, and anything you want can be yours. Absolutely. You know, take that antidote. That's what we do over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all like share and subscribe. We appreciate y'all. And uh, we'll, we'll be back again. Please subscribe. Please leave us a five-star review. Take the antidote.com.